was this girl named Mary. She loved God and she liked to clean stuff up. But one day, an angel appeared. Mary was so surprised and kind of scared. But the angel said, don't be scared. You're going to have a baby. And Mary said, how can I have a baby? Because I'm not married. But the angel said, it's all right. The baby will be God's son, Jesus. Mary was supposed to marry Joseph. She said to him, look, I'm going to have a baby. Joseph was pretty surprised, too, because he, he didn't know how to be a dad. But he wanted to take good care of Mary and the baby. Right before the baby was going to be born, Joseph and Mary had to go on a long trip to a town called Bethlehem. But it was okay because Joseph made sure that Mary didn't have to walk all by herself. But when they got to Bethlehem, it was so full of people that nobody had room for them. They tried one place. And then this other place. At the last place, the guy started to say no. But then he said, wait, I've got a place for you out back. But you gotta be okay with animals. There weren't even any beds, but it was nice and warm. When Mary had Jesus, they wrapped him up in cloths and they put him in the animal's food dish. No one else knew about Jesus yet, but there are some shepherds just outside of town. And some angels showed up. The shepherds were like, oh no, what's happening? But the angel said, don't be scared. I have something really, really awesome to tell you. God's son Jesus has been born. He's in Bethlehem. He's all wrapped up in a food dish. Then the angel went away. The shepherds were super excited. So they got together and ran to find Jesus. They were really glad when they found the right place. They were like, is this where Jesus is? And Mary let them in and they even got to hold and cuddle the baby. Sometime later, some kings were living far away from baby Jesus, but God sent them a special star. The kings followed the special star a long way. A really long way. A really, really long way. The star showed the kings right where Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus were. They even brought special gifts for baby Jesus. Then everyone had a big party because they were so glad God sent baby Jesus. It was the best night ever. It was the best night ever.
it was the best night ever. They just didn't really realize it when it happened because the gift came in a very different kind of package than what they had expected and what they had asked for. For hundreds and hundreds of years, the people had been begging God to deliver them. They had been persecuted. They had been run out of the promised land that they had been promised back in the time of Abram, Abraham. And then they followed his leadership and then Moses and then all the patriarchs. And over the course of hundreds of years, they would find themselves being persecuted and exiled. They would be slaves And then they would get like this glimmer of hope and and be freed only to be taken captive again. That's the Israelite story. Slavery, freedom, slavery, freedom, persecution. And this God, you see, Abraham introduced them to one God, a monotheistic way of looking at things of worshiping instead of the polytheistic gods that all the people had been worshiping for so long. He introduced them to God and taught them to worship this one God. And so they, they did. They followed God. But they kept getting distracted along the way. And then they would get persecuted again and tortured and captured And they would start asking, God, will you deliver me? God, when are you going to send the Savior? When are you going to send the promised Messiah? And the prophets would tell them that God was active in their midst and that in their circumstances right then, God could be realized That kingdom of heaven we talked about a little earlier, it it was there, but they just couldn't see. And so then, this lady by the name of Mary, except, you know, she really wasn't a lady. She was a, a young woman around the age of 15. An angel appeared to her. Now, angel means messenger from God. That's one of the reasons I love the children telling the story, because the angel rides up on a tricycle. That's awesome. Because you see, angels, we have this vision in our heads where they are this ethereal-looking person or creature with all white and this iridescent glow. Angel, the word angel, translates in Scripture to mean messenger from God. So who knows what they looked like? Those are definitions and parameters that we as human beings have put when we read things like, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. So an angel shows up to Mary and says, you're going to have a baby. If you read the gospel of Matthew and his way of telling the birth narrative, He says, and she will call him Jesus. That's what the angel told Joseph, Jesus, Jesus. And then in another place, he is named Emmanuel in Luke. His name will be called Emmanuel. And what does that mean? It means God is with us. 
So time passes and Mary and Joseph stay together even though the circumstances were most unique. And then the baby comes. Now, if you have been expecting a gift and you know what you want your gift to be, when the gift comes and it is not what you want, what happens? Disappointed. Angry. Confused. This gift comes. This gift of the Messiah, the Savior. But it was not in any way, shape, or form what they were hoping for or expecting. Because whereas the shepherds that night encountered the glory of the Lord by the angels, the messengers from God, and they were told to go and find this baby that was in Bethlehem. And they went. Clearly they went because they had to go and then tell the message because, you see, whether you believe it or not, and I say this every year at Christmas and every year at Easter, whether you believe in the whole story, literally, the virgin birth and the physical resurrection, you cannot deny That something amazing, something miraculous, something bigger than anything we can ever wrap our heads around happened 2,000 years ago on a night, maybe such as this. And it changed the world. Because you see, these shepherds, the lowly, they went and they found this baby and they knew it was different. He was different. And then this baby grew up. And the shepherds told their story. The three kings, the wise men, they didn't show up at the nativity. And I love how in our video it says, and much later, three wise men or three kings came. It was much later. And you see, after they encountered this new gift, this new Messiah, this new Jesus that had been born... Herod, the king at the time, wanted to kill all the newborn babies that were under the age of two. And he did. Because you see, he didn't want anybody to take away his power. And he didn't want anybody to take away his control or maybe be bigger than he was. When I was in the Holy Land back in January, you could stand near Bethlehem where Herod had built his temple and you could stand there and you could see from this highest peak all the other palaces that Herod had built. It was amazing because you see he created, he had all the people back then and they did not have bulldozers. He created this mountain and then built his palace, his kingdom on top of this this peak so he could look out and see everything that he ruled. That's the kind of king the people were used to but they get this gift that they've been asking for this gift that they were looking for named the messiah the savior jesus and he doesn't build a palace in fact he does the exact opposite he for all that we know is homeless He doesn't reside in just one place after he begins his public ministry he is always on the move Going where the people were and where the message of hope and light of life needed to be. 
Now, people that met him fell in love with him for the most part. Because the gift that he brought, if you would stay with him long enough to listen and see, you would see that even though it didn't come in the right package, once you took a part of it or listened to it or saw or lived into it, it changed things. He changed things. The word savior means to save. Now, when we Western Americans say the word saved, it brings up in folks' minds sometimes very negative connotations. It means have you, you know, repented of your sins and you confess those sins because if you don't, you're going to burn in hell. That's what I grew up with. Now, saved is a very real scriptural term, but it means something more than just that. You see, saved in the Greek and Hebrew realm means to be put back together again. Sort of the same thing as uh, peace. If you go back to what the angels said that night that they appeared to the shepherds and gave them a glimpse of the gift, they said, peace on earth. The gift that came was a gift of peace. And so this little baby that came and Mary and Joseph expected something with this gift because, you see, they had already encountered the presence of God through the messengers of God. They were expecting a Savior, a Messiah. The message spread. And people began to fall in love with this person, Jesus, because he lived differently. And he did usher in peace. He took things that were broken and he put them back together again. Because you see, he redefined everything. Places that were uh, normally marked by anger and hate because of the unrest, when he would show up into town, he would preach a message of turning the other cheek and a message of forgiveness and a message of love. They would try to trip him up and uh, ask him which law was the most important, but he wouldn't fall into that trap. You see, his message was consistent. He came to usher in peace. The word peace, the Greek word for peace, Irene, appears 92 times in the New Testament. And it's about half and half what it means if you look at the translation of the word. One half means to be made at one or put back together with God. The other Examples and times that it's used means to be put back together, to be made whole, to be complete in relationship with one another. 
And that was the message of Jesus. And that was the gift. So what does that mean for us tonight? It means that that gift is there for us. That we can be made whole no matter how bad we hurt, no matter how bad life has been, no matter what circumstances that we face because of the way that Jesus lived and the gift that he gave us, which was showing us God, God with us, Emmanuel. He gave us the picture of God in person. God became flesh and dwelt among us so that people would quit looking and the outer realm and maybe maybe they would begin to understand maybe we would begin to understand that God love energy this energy and this love that is so much bigger than anything we can ever understand ourselves exists right here right now in us it's not something you're going to unwrap under a tree it came in such a different way so many years ago let's not miss it Today, because it may not look like what we think it does. There are messengers of God, there are angels all among us, and we have that same opportunity to hear and to see, but sometimes we have to stop long enough to look and to listen. The gift does not always appear to be what we think it should be, but that does not discount the gift and the other thing remember elmo he doesn't tickle anymore he doesn't shake he just makes those noises and if you listen to them more than once it becomes a little obnoxious and annoying at least when it would jiggle people would laugh now it's just a shrill noise 18 years and that gift breaks It's not worth any money really anymore because it's not whole. Jesus, because we get to see the rest of the story, and this is the most important part. We get to see the rest of the story, and we also get to see how he died. And he died as selflessly as he lived. He died by saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do, and into your hands I commit my spirit. Peace. Peace with God and peace with one another. We're called to usher in that peace. As I close this evening, I want to show you a picture on the screen. Back when we were doing the ALS water challenge, the ice bucket challenge, and everybody was dumping ice on top of one another's heads, uh, Lori and the staff, we talked a long time about what to do with that ice bucket challenge. And I thought, well, maybe we could do something as a church. There's a woman that was very much a supporter of West that died of ALS. And so we talked for a really long time about how can we, how can we pay tribute to this honorarium and this mission but still be true to who we are because you see Lori has a friend in Africa and she messaged Lori and she said wait just a minute um are y'all really dumping clean water on one another's heads because we would love to have that clean water actually a lot of people die for that clean water and Lori said well yeah we are actually well as a church The last thing we wanted to do was say, look at us, we're so amazing. 
we have it all figured out. We are super Christians. So we are above society and we're not going to do that. We did not want to do that. In fact, we decided that we would not condemn the ALS water challenge at all because for a very short amount of time in America, it was viral and it raised millions of dollars. And you know what? That is a great, great thing. And we did not want to discount that at all and alienate people that are already done with Christians and already done with church. So we found a way thanks to an amazing staff team, to do both and. We, I wrote a blog about it, and you want to know what's interesting? Uh, That blog is like the third most read blog that I've done, and I've had that website for years. It's almost a thousand reads. We decided that we would honor the ice bucket challenge, and for everybody that donated when they did their ice bucket challenge, we would match their funds as a church. And we would send those funds to Jeffrey Odongo, our missional partner in Nebi, Uganda, who five years ago we went for the first time and that land that you see there had nothing on it. But it was paid for because he was an orphan and he decided that he would give his life to giving other children life. And so he had bought some land and he asked us if we would pray over the land when we happened to end up on a botched mission trip to India and we ended up in Uganda. Now, five years later, he's got pod houses and thanks to Williamson's Chapel, they have goats and pigs and there are children sponsored. And thanks to you, uh, as a church, we sponsored, I don't know, eight to ten kids this year. And... Because of the ice bucket challenge. You see that black tank right there? The pod houses, they all now have running water. Natural running water. That won't carry the malaria and all the other things that come when they have to go to the local water hole. I want to show you uh, the picture of the yellow things on the bottom as well. The women in Pakwatch, that's a neighboring village... Sometimes they have to walk 5 to 10 miles a day just to get water. And it isn't clean water. So because of the generosity of just a lot of your friends on Facebook, we had so many folks give that we didn't know who they were. And because of your generosity as a church, all the women in Packwatch now have a yellow canister so that they can fill up with clean water and not have to walk to the River Nile. We're called to be the gift. And that's the kind of gift we are called to be. John the Baptist, his dad, was named Zachariah, and he went to Mary when she went and hung out with her cousin Elizabeth when she was expecting. And he came up to her and he said, Your baby, your son... His footsteps will lead people to walk in peace. We're called to follow Jesus. It's really easy, at least at the beginning, because it just means that we love. But as we follow, it gets tough, because you see, sometimes the gift comes in different packages. 
And sometimes we're called to give up things that we have so that others may have life. That's how he taught us to live. And that is how he taught us to love because it's what he did. It was the greatest gift ever. It was the best night ever. Merry Christmas. Let us pray. Loving God, you loved humanity so much that you gave us a gift so that we could then see of your love. And so we could understand a little bit more of you. I ask that you show us now how we can live out that love in our community and in our world. We give you thanks for Pastor Jeffrey and his selfless living. It is because of him that hundreds of children have life. And I give you thanks for this body of people that come together to make a difference in the world. We ask that you be in our midst and help us feel the peace that comes with Christmas. Amen. I invite you to stand and sing, and at the last verse of Silent Night, wave your glow sticks.
just as you each have a light in your hands, you have a light that lives within you. That light is God. That light is love. And you know what? Unlike Tickle Me Elmo, it never breaks. No matter how, may, how broken you or I may feel, it is because of that inner presence and peace that comes with God. We're never so broken that God does not make us whole. May you go and may you take your light and be the light of Christ in the world. In the name of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, Merry Christmas.